Part 17 of The Blue Review, Volume 1, Issue Number 2, edited by John Middleton Murray. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Indépendant and the Cubist Muddle by O. Raymond Dre. This year's Salon des Indépendants, in so far as it counts at all, is a Cubist Salon. In an exhibition which stretches nearly to the horizon, where anyone may send his pictures without fear of rejection, for there is no jury, and where apparently everyone does, the critic may reasonably hope to meet with adventures. Somewhere, amid the jostle of fashionable glossy efficiency and crude or glossy incompetence, he may light haphazard on a lure, beckoning to unknown delights. Somewhere in the ruck may be the choice encounter of a lifetime. For lack of such rare stimulus, perhaps my persistence in the teeming rooms was not equal to my opportunity. I am forced to the consideration of the word cubism. It is a slushy term enough, as it is used today. Probably it was never very finely intentioned. The public clamours for a name, and painters or writers think they have to find one. The labelling is always the price that artists have to pay for recognition, whether they seek it or not. The public likes a school because it finds certainty in numbers. There is no comfort in the lonely man who paints without a name. It is all very well to call certain painters cubists, if you are content not to think any more about them after you have agreed on the title. Of course, the majority of cultivated people who walk out of picture galleries to talk about art are quite content. Simpler people, on the other hand, who walk into picture galleries to enjoy the sight of pictures, are either driven away, abashed by the name they know they cannot understand, worried into hostility to the artist, or set humbly to the solving of insoluble riddles. When a number of painters were labelled impressionists, less harm was done. Impressionism is an abstract term. It is tolerably elastic. The Glasgow School had some connection with Glasgow. Pre-Raphaelitism, silly term though it was, certainly implied reaction, and post-impressionism, with a little license, is a matter of dates. Whoever chooses may think so, at any rate. But what does this title, Cubism, mean, which we hear applied so indiscriminately, alike to Picasso or Brac and Le Fauconnier, to Metzinger or Gleitzus, and to Delaunay? Orphist will not stick to him long. To Marchand, or de Lefrenet, and to Lot, to Picard-le-Doux, and to Urbain. I might add more contrasting names to my list, but there is no need. Are we to say that a cubist is a man who paints in cubes? Technical similarity in the means used by all these men at one time or another to express the volume of objects by outlining their planes is a poor excuse for a frivolously superficial definition. When the question is asked, what these painters are expressing or trying to express, it will be found that no general designation will fit them all, that if definitions or titles are wanted, the painters will have to be taken separately, or in groups of twos and threes, with a title for each individual or little group. Such refinement of definition would only make confusion worse confounded. But rigid definition apart, some sort of philosophic division is necessary if cubist work is to be understood at all. 
i would consider all the cubist exhibitors in the indépendant in relation to picasso who has no pictures in the salon but who is to my mind the one man who sacrificing all thought of representation of actuality has achieved a real intensity of expression and found a new way to our emotions to our capacity for response one's personal relation to a picture is after all the only standard of criticism that has any value in other words there are as many standards of criticism as there are critics picasso then has come from contemplation of form and substance to an abstract rhythmic statement that is new in paint but old in music rhythmic statement is not new in paint rhythmic statement independent of concrete representation abstract rhythmic statement is the difficulty that most people find with picasso is due to this that never before has painting appealed directly to the emotions without enlisting the aid of the intellect people complain when music becomes representative realistic it is no longer music we are told yet who can say what music is or what is painting it is a poor game to try to confine the human spirit to temper creation to put our own blinkers on the visionary the cubists in the salon des indépendants are all by various means concerned with seizing and interpreting actuality space the play of light on surfaces the interplay of colour significant movement their failure or success depends both on the measure of intensity with which they are able to invest the new and arbitrary life on their canvases and on the quality of that intensity in the work of m gleitzus and m metzinger well patterned though it is i cannot perceive that life has become a fuller thing through paint m delaunay's big picture l'equipe de cardiff f c embodies everything which i have credited these cubists with seeking it is intense but the intensity is that of severini's cafe monico it is perfectly realistic flooded with light and air and dancing with movement the photograph is the lowest denominator of human vision m delaunay seems to have perfected the camera well it takes a clever man to do that End of part 17 End of the Blue Review Volume 1 Issue Number 2 Read by Phil Benson in Sydney, Australia